Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, listeners. Hello, everyone. And today we are talking about the best bits of advice that we've been given throughout our lives. Oh, heard indeed, Daniel. Is that right? When you decided this was going to be the topic, <laughs> I struggled with this one a little bit because all the advice which I've been given, I cannot really decipher who gave me it, whether I heard it online in a book, in a podcast, or whether it was from an actual person. Mm. That's kind of just all mixed up in my head. I think it's because we speak about a lot of quotes and things as well. Yeah. So the ones I'm going to say, some of them I might not necessarily, I can't really remember where they came from. They're just in my head from somewhere. Mm. I'll have to give props to the people who uh, put them there originally, but I don't know who they are. You can't remember who put them in your head. But yeah, yeah I've got some advice that I, like, I can remember specifically being given these bits of advice. Maybe I have had these pieces of advice from people, but then mm. I've heard them in different, said different ways yeah. and then slightly, but they all mean the same thing. You can actually give credit to the people who you've got the yeah, advice from. Yeah, give credit to the people who gave us them. So shall we crack on? Go on then, you can jump us into it. Okay, so this one is from my dad, who I do actually think my dad's the Zen master. What's that book called? The Art of Zen and Motorcycle Maintenance. I think my dad could do the Art of Zen and Allotment Growing. Thing. <laughs> Vegetable growing. <laughs> yeah, so um, my dad's advice, which has always stood with me, is to better to try and fail than to have never tried before. And that is something that I ha- I tell my boys to do. I would rather regret something I did try than something I didn't try. And yeah, just something I've always done and what I live by. The pain of failure is worse than the pain of regret. Yeah. That's definitely true, isn't it? But again, someone will have told your dad that, won't he? Because that's, again, that's mm-hmm. a, it's very old wisdom, that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's something I've always done. And you learn more from your mistakes. And what was that thing? What did Paul say on a podcast a couple of like months ago? Was like, imagine at, your, at the gates of heaven or wherever you think you're going to go, meeting the person that you could have been. One of my favorite quotes, the only hell I fear is when I die, I meet the person who I could have been. Yes, that's it. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. There's, there's a more eloquent way to say it, I think. But. Yeah, so you're better off trying these things and failing at them than never trying at all. Because sometimes in the trying, in the process, it's loving the process. That's with anything, isn't it? Any good habit building or anything, you've got to love the process. And then, you know, yeah, better to try it. That's what I did with my business. And seven, eight years later, I'm still here. And that doesn't mean there's not going to be challenges, but it's just, it's a labor of love, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. the the ultimate person you become by doing that is someone you're proud of and it's a fulfillment. There's not like an end goal, really, because that's just, you know, you, you teach Pilates and you run a business, you kind of teach everyone in the world Pilates, can you? No. <laughs> so, so there's no end goal, really. You're yeah. just affecting people along the way and you're enjoying being in the game that's that's the goal isn't it yeah it's much better than being told what to do by someone else because I actually think I'm unemployable now but it's good because you were like, like you've got the perspective of both ends haven't you so you can you can mm. like speak on it truthfully to people who are considering maybe going self-employed or starting a business you have both sides of that equation so you, yeah. you can so you can really speak and give genuine advice can't you mm-hmm. yeah I'm probably more qualified in business than I am in Pilates to be honest <laughs> what my degrees in <laughs> yeah and it, it went, obviously we talk about business and health and it's one of those things when you you get into business and you, you follow your passion you realize that's probably like only 10 percent of actual running a business yeah. you have to be a oh, business God, yeah. a business person yeah it's like the whole saying about being a starving artist 
like you have to you have to be more of a salesman than an artist really yeah like everything yeah. is sales it doesn't matter if you if you're michelangelo like if you <laughs> no one sees your work yeah so. exactly that's what richard branson says isn't it you can have the best shop in the world but if no one knows you're there you're not going to make a living out of it are you so yeah you're absolutely right so when you you have to become your own marketer accountant salesperson everything and cleaner <laughs> and and everything in between and the yeah and all the worry and the, you know, if you scale your business, then other people's worries, because you might have employees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. it's very much like this opening your own business and starting your own plan is like, it's disguised as something really magical about your passion. But then behind it, there's, there's, there's like, a whole lot of work. a long list of other <laughs> shit that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. But better to try these things and fail. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's more fulfilling. To- like overcoming them obstacles, try. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Of course. You've got to try these things and you go out in the world and try something different and fail than to not have done it in the first place and then spend your life wondering, oh, I wonder what I would have done if I'd done that. And you might discover a new passion or something that you're absolutely amazing at. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You might you might uh, have a passion about fitness. So then you go into the fitness business, but then you might discover, oh, actually, I'm actually better at business. This is my this is actually the, the passion. So, yeah. you, you know, I, I might, you might like, you might uh, like being sales, being in a sales department, selling fitness. So like you say, yeah, see, I love if, sales and marketing and writing, yeah, writing so all if, the copy and stuff for it. I just love it. It's, that's just like, yeah, but you have day. to point yourself in that direction first, don't you? You have to know what you dream. Yeah, I never knew in. that before I started and it's, I've learned it along the way, but yeah, it's, it's, so that's my top piece of advice gang mm. Better to try and fail than to never try at all. Yeah, so so my first one is not necessarily like a, a good quarter advice, but you said you got that from your dad. So mm. one I had written down was I remember having a conversation with my dad about 10 years ago. And it was when I, I used to have a, a job that I didn't really like, but I made good money. And mm. then I was like kind of deciding whether I was going to leave and do a fitness qualification and go to that industry. Mm-hmm. And his advice to me was no, it was like stick with the safe, secure, pay the bills, you know, this is life. 99% mm-hmm. of people just make an income, play it safe, really. And that, that was his advice. And I couldn't really understand that. I don't know whether it was because I was young and I was naive, or I just had this understanding of like, like I'm this is not me type mm. of thing. I, I need to try. But his advice was actually I went against it. It was a kind of a friendly debate. But from his perspective, he was kind of in his 50s. He had bills to pay, he had a family to raise. And it was like there was more risk involved for him if he was to like reach out and start the business I didn't have any risk yeah. involved so for me it, it was easier but I just had this gut feeling that I just really d- disagreed with what he was saying I was like yeah but for me this is an opportunity to like you were saying to try try something new yeah and it was like but I feel as though what I was saying is like, I feel as though I have something more to give this is like I want to be of value I feel like this is like my mission and then ended up doing the check stuff and then Paul talked about how the dream what is your one love like trust your gut instinct and that's what that was telling me back then. I just didn't really realize it at the time, but I was young. Mm. So that was, it wasn't necessarily advice from me, dad. It was more of a debate where we disagreed. Mm. Um, although he would probably understand the principles of it. But for him, he was in a totally different scenario. So like that back and forth, I just, I just remember that debate actually. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I listened to me. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like your dad told you to play safe. My dad's telling me to try and better to yeah. fail it's funny you come in from different angles isn't it and it just reminded me of um I, i'm doing this business um leadership course thing at the moment we had um a guy 
come in to speak and he said everything happens from where you're coming from and it's that's just reminded me of that so where you're coming from uh, like where your dad was coming from at the time where my dad was coming from is totally different perspectives and everything that you're telling your kids and your your friends and family is where you're coming from at this time and you have to remember that when you listen to advice from other people as well it's from where they're coming from yeah and often the more important than the advice someone's give you it's listen to the person who's given the advice yeah what does paul say um i think it's an ancient native american saying don't judge a man by the creed he professes but rather by the life he leads yeah and that's the thing listen to the person giving the advice if you've got someone who's flat broke telling you how to become a millionaire <laughs> are you really going to listen to them <laughs> yeah or doctors who look like shit telling you to like you know yeah. you need to eat healthily don't take health advice from sick doctors exactly yeah so who's giving you the advice and that leads me on to another piece of advice that I got for, I can't remember who I got it from but <laughs> you know how you're always worrying about people's opinions yeah. is um like just write a list of the people who whose opinions actually matter to you and if they uh if the if the opinion comes from one of them then yes take note if it comes from anyone else then just disregard it because they don't matter to you yeah that's really true because in all in all reality it's all in your own head isn't it there's only a handful of mm. people who like ultimately it's only you but there obviously is your very close friends and family who are like yeah that, that does count as well doesn't it yeah but equally if a close family member of mine who'd never run a business suddenly starts saying to me tell me how to run my business I would be like well you've never run one before so yeah exactly so the the guy I listen to a lot Gary Gary Vaynerchuk he always says like his superpower is just having absolute confidence in his own gut instinct he says my wife and yeah. kids could all tell me one thing but if if I know deep down that this is right for me this is mm-hmm. it's just unquestionable and then if, if it works out bad it was on me if it works out good then I'm glad I listened to myself so there's no there's no downfall really is there yeah exactly responsibility for it yeah yeah i think that's one of my pieces of advice actually later on right this one was an offhand comment that my cousin debbie hello debbie i don't even know she listens she should listen shouldn't she she's my bloody cousin um gave to me when we're about 14 and i was going out with this lad and he turned out to be a right dick as 14 year old guys do (laughs) (laughs) um, i was going oh he was so nice but now he's turned into a right dick and Debbie gave me this off-the-cuff remark, and it stuck with me forever, evermore, that anybody can be nice when they want something. Yeah, and that's true. That's so true, isn't it? Yeah. And now that stuck with me all the time, because I, if, no, I mean, that sounds really cynical. If anyone's been really nice to me, I think, what, what do they want from me? <laughs> I don't think that all the time, but it's always there. Like, you know, if somebody suddenly becomes very nice to you or suddenly becomes very interested, you know, it happens quite a lot when you run your own business and things. And I've always got in the back of my mind, like, what do they want from me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I heard uh, a really successful business businessman on a, I've got his couple of his books actually, and he was doing a podcast recently. And he said, someone asked him what he's like, one of the secrets of like predicting markets and, and knowing what people, like how to work in sales. And he said, it, beco- it becomes remarkably easy to predict how people are going to react when you always know that they're going to act in their own best interests. Yeah. Because if you always realize that people will act in their own best interests, then you can predict what's going to happen. <laughs> he says people exactly. always look out for themselves first. Well, that's like what marketing is, isn't it? Essentially, it's like people don't give a shit how many qualifications you've got. All they care about is how quick can you get them to lose two stone or get rid of the belly fat or 
do any of that, yeah. you know? Like, don't give a shit about the history of Pilates or what Pilates is. It's like, how can it get rid of that pain right yeah. away, you know? So you don't sell Pilates and I don't sell strength training. We both no. sell results. Yeah, exactly. That's we sell the, the is, results yeah. and we live by the results that we preach. Yeah, right? that any any product is, is the same. A yeah. car company doesn't sell metal and rubber for tyres. It sells getting you from A to B in comfort. <laughs> or, or oh, cheap. it sells the dream life of you flying around the back streets of a little Italian town, <laughs> yeah. living the dream. Yeah, yeah. was it the um, CEO of... Is it L'Oreal, the makeup company? He says, oh, we don't sell makeup, we sell hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what every business sells, hope, yeah. isn't it? It's like hope that I'll, you know, any business that you could think of, they sell hope. Yeah, or you, you don't sell alcohol, you sell escapism. It's, it's, or you don't sell a movie, you know, you sell, you sell the two-hour break. Yeah. Escape from reality. It's, it's strange, isn't it? When you think the yeah. actual product is just a vehicle from where you are now to like a different feeling that you want. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. So yeah, anyone can be nice. Yeah, I like that one. Okay, so my next one I want to say kind of plays into what you've just said. Again, no one really told me this, or they, they might have done. I've just heard it somewhere along the line, but it's it's as old as time. This one, and it's the golden rule, which is treat others how you would like to be treated. From whenever I heard that first, can't remember, but that just stuck with me, and I thought. That's just really logical sense. And then I've heard it said in a million different ways. Like Paul says, mm-hmm. life is a boomerang. Whatever you give out comes back. Comes back, yeah. And it's just, I've just found life to be that way. And it's, and it's just so true. And another one, which is kind of similar, which I don't know, again, don't know where I heard it from, but it was whenever you're complaining or you think you have like the worst life ever, just remember that if you had the choice, you would never swap your problems for another person's problems if you knew their full story and for some mm. reason that stuck with me because you don't know everything about people you think oh they have it so good their life's so easy their life's so great but if you actually knew their problems would you swap your problems with theirs like, you, you probably <laughs> yeah. wouldn't because you like you get attached to your own problems and your own difficulties and you know how to handle them you would not want someone else's <laughs> problems <laughs> yeah and it's I was, like never was judge anyone until you've walked 10 miles in their shoes isn't it you know so absolutely yeah it's uh that whole yeah you're absolutely right don't 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 assume things about people especially yeah, not ju- on social media <laughs> oh yeah it's just silly isn't it yeah it's kind of like just judging a book by its cover as well yeah but i don't know just the way that was phrased thought you if you knew that person's problems would you swap them with your own and i'd probably say nine times out of ten you you wouldn't no matter what no. how they look you wouldn't true so, yeah but the golden rule treat others how you would like to be treated and again it's like just good advice like manners we were speaking before we came on the podcast about something as simple as manners and having your parents and your family teach you proper correct manners and how to treat people that like goes such a long way you can spend thousands on business books and courses and stuff a lot of the time having good manners will <laughs> get you so oh, much, so much you, better like being a polite person nowadays like sometimes like the other day this is an example the other day and this is like now where i am in business and i'm lucky like i've been running it for lower but as warren says there's no such thing as luck so i'm not saying lucky um (laughs) sometimes you get messages you know like and i got one message the other day and it just said i want yoga classes in langley park (laughs) that was was the message so yeah like i thought okay well then you know Maybe there. I always give the benefit of the doubt, so I wrote back saying, "Hi, you know, very politely. Um, thank you for your inquiry. I'm a Pilates teacher. I don't teach yoga, but my studio is in Langley Park. 
And then mm. the next question was how much? So I just didn't reply because anybody who haggles on price is not one of my customers that I want yeah. to have. So I just thought, right, yeah, I just left it. <laughs> but I thought like, you know, if you can't even say please or thank you Nobody or hello. Takes, it takes no extra effort to do that, does no. it? No. So, you know, there's a, there's a top tip. If you're asking for an inquiry to a business, then be polite as well. Yeah, and first impressions count as well. I always, yeah. that, that, that's an old saying that it's hard to undo a first impression. And yeah. for, for that person who messaged you, it would have took an extra millisecond to just put, uh, whatever, I've seen your business looks really good. Yeah. Is, uh, do you know anyone who does, uh, yoga, who does yoga? Thanks for your, thanks for your time. You yeah. would have responded. You <laughs> like, <laughs> would have gone into a conversation thread. And exactly. That, that, that person's ultimate goal is to go to a yoga class. Exactly. And I would right have direction. been able to point them to yoga yeah, exactly. teachers and stuff. But you know what? In, if if you're going to, you know, the kind of people I want are not the kind of people who don't have manners. <laughs> yeah. Sense. And that's kind of like the some of the old wisdom as well. Like you hear them all the time. Sometimes a lot of the best sayings in the world, you hear them so often, you forget the power of them. It's like what mm. goes around comes around. That's just the yeah. same as life as a boomerang as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you treat people like shit, you're not going to get very far. Yeah. And if you treat business owners like shit, what are you going to get in return? It's like people who haggle about prices or send food back in restaurants that really doesn't need to be sent back and just yeah. rude. You're going to get that back. So, you know, just be polite and understand that people have more going on in their lives than, than you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, same as what you mentioned, business, this kind of, and you said like, like or like what I said, just having manners and being being polite, that can get you so much further than what you think like that has yeah. so much power in that and another bit of advice this is like so powerful but it's kind of it's a bit of a cheat code to life and it's it's not what you know or who you know and again we say mm. that all the time then you hear it in different guises you hear you like in the in the business world and entrepreneurial world it's like your network is your net worth that's just a different way of saying it's not what you know it's who you know yeah Something, but again but if you have good manners and you're polite and you're open and you want to meet people and you do things for other people people bring you up and they can help you out on your goal but if you look to be of value and you look to help other people as well then you know that works in that like that synchronistic manner if you're nice to people then they're going to help you so like yeah try and be a bit more of a yes person yeah you'll get further and the the fulfillment of helping other people is often more enjoyable than achieving your goals as well True. Like Pilates, like when you when you cure someone's back health or you see them lose weight or enjoying a class, that's more fulfilling than the fee they pay you. You know, you need to still pay your bills, but the in our yeah. job, especially the fulfillment of seeing someone become healthier and happier and given the gift of health is like really fulfilling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's why we do our job, isn't it? And if we get paid for it, all the better. When people pay, they pay attention. So that's why we have bills to pay. Gotta have some skin in the game. I firmly believe that yeah give stuff to people for free they don't do it it's in your own interest to pay for things yeah don't ever take anything for free yeah and don't and ever it, ask for things for free as well no no exactly yeah I, I heard an interesting one the other day i've heard it before it's just like a just a salesy type of thing but when you have to ask the price you can't afford it <laughs> and that's true isn't yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah so if you're looking that's after your really finances true, and stuff, yeah. yeah you have to ask the price and you probably can't afford it like sometimes you know because like my classes are probably at the higher end of a, a, a fitness class but um you know some people go um i used to take it really to heart that people couldn't afford my prices 
<laughs> I used to be like, oh God, I'm tar- charging too hard. Now my mindset has totally shifted and it's like, no, you can't afford me. <laughs> and it's all relative at all. It's not my problem that you can't afford me. It's actually your problem. You need to earn more money. <laughs> yeah. And, and most of the people probably could if they allocated the money differently. Yeah. yeah. Or prioritize. Yeah. 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 Prioritized. Yeah. Just one, one meal in a restaurant a week could pay for a month of Pilates classes. One bottle of wine. Yeah. 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 So it's, there are the, the other odd few people who do need help. And, but I would say they're very, they're very few and far between. Most people could allocate the money differently or they could change the perspective on where yeah. they spend the money. I do get quite a lot of people say, Oh, that's really expensive for a class. And actually it isn't. It isn't. If you buy like, you have to pay off one off pay as you go, but the, you know, I do deals and things like the buy four and you get a cheaper price and actually the cheaper price is a lot cheaper. So Oh, of course, you, want yeah. to, you want people to commit, don't you? So you put that into your pricing strategies. Yeah, it's the same at the gym. You, you can pay for a one-off class and it's really expensive. But if you pay for a direct debit every month, it's really cheap. And yeah. if you buy the full year up front, it's even cheaper. Yeah. But, so if you commit to a year, your chances of being where you want to be are so much higher and it's so exactly. much cheaper. So all businesses you've got to have it. skin in the game. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Was that mine? Oh, was that um, yours? That was yours, wasn't it? That was mine. Go on, you can go next then if you've got any. Okay, so this one was from my mother. And um, this, being a child of the 70s, as I am, I'm on my, I've just said I'm on my 50th rotation around the sun like this year. So it's a big year. So I've got a lot of, and have, being of the age that I am, we've gone through a lot of trends in our times. We've had the 70s disco, we've had the punk era, we've had new romantics, we've had the rave scene, we've had the grunge scene, the goth scene, and I've kind of been in all of those scenes at some point in my life and dressed as part of those scenes, especially in my like late teens, you know. And I remember coming downstairs in a few outfits, like, you know, when you're going through a goth stage or a punk stage or a grunge stage and you've got your big DMs on and all of this and I used to go to my mom what do you think <laughs> she just used to look at us going like thinking and I could see in her face that she'd be thinking oh my god you're not going out looking like that are you <laughs> and then she used to say these words to me if you like it then that's all that matters <laughs> yeah so that was a really good way of her saying no you look like shit but in uh if you like it that's all that matters and that's what I say to my boys now like it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks if you like it that's all that matters yeah and isn't it really refreshing when you meet someone or you see someone who genuinely embodies that yeah and they're the the outside of the the norm but they look so comfortable and so happy like you get envious of them don't you yeah like you think that's that's so far out of the norm but like good for them exactly like who wants to be normal anyway I always say that to my boys like my son is a bit of bit of an oddball really not (laughs) that sounds really horrible he's different (laughs) too he's very funny he's very witty but he just hasn't found his tribe yet you know what I mean and um, I just keep saying to him you haven't just found your tribe yet and you will do you know like when he goes to sixth form in university hopefully he will but it's like yeah you just you know you just need to not fit like not fitting in is good when you're at school you need to fit in but when you get older you kind of appreciate the people who don't fit in yeah and we always speak about this this common and there's normal as well there is probably no such thing as normal because for what's normal for me is different to you is different to everyone else normal but there's but there's common there's common trends and things like that Mm. um but i was listening to um a comedian recently and he was saying how he was uh i think he did a like a concert on stage and he was 
talking to all the people backstage, all the sound guys and some of the, the guests. And then there was an, like the rest of the comedians who were performing that night were like in the green room. And he said he just walked in and he was just like, ah, other comedians. Like, because uh, yeah. they understood they were part of his tribe. They understood his humor, the yeah. way he feels. So it is important to, to find your click, isn't it? Yeah, I felt a bit like that when we went to the Czech Institute. I just yeah. feel really at home there, like with the people there. And even though like I was probably the oldest, there's not many girls at the Czech Institute, is there? It's very young. Mm. Uh, but, uh, and I was probably one of the oldest ones there. I just felt like even the, the, the lads there, they're all so nice, I think. You know, yeah. and I keep in touch with lots of them. And I think I'm their mother hen. That's <laughs> because you don't get the... Like the the rolling of the eyes or the oh you're just a bloody hippie talking about that stuff when you're talking to like your your old friends and stuff about it like you're in the same group and you can say these what we would call weird hippie stuff and people say oh yeah yeah I that's, I totally believe that too. Uh, like, like, they'd come out with something completely uh, off. I don't the feel like a weirdo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then yeah. you're like oh my god that's a bit weird and then you think oh yeah they're even weirder than me. <laughs> yeah, but oh that's really good advice especially to kids like avoiding that trap of like caring what people think and thinking that people care yeah that's exactly what it is so if you care what people think your whole life you're never going to do your own personal thing and Mm. realistically I say this to people who are like a new starters in fitness and in the gym which can be like an intimidating environment when you first start Mm -hmm. yeah people think that everyone else is looking at them and judging them when in all reality everyone's just in their own head anyway thinking the exact same as you thinking that people are judging them so if you can just remember that if you don't care what people think and remember that people really don't care that much <laughs> about you <laughs> yeah. really they care about the friends or family but they're not constantly yeah. judging you people so, think uh, care a lot less about what you're doing than what you think that they do in absolutely your head. yeah yeah and it's, it's a weird it's just mind games you play like, yeah. mind games in yourself totally so. and when you set up your business first you think everybody's judging you and going oh my god what, look what she's doing how can she do that and really nobody gives a shit no the world's so fast-paced it's like what did they say? Today's news is tomorrow's fish and chip paper. That's exactly yeah, what it is, isn't it? Exactly. Nobody gives a shit. It was like, I don't know if I sold this story. Like I'm doing this, um, my breathwork course. And, you know, there's a lot of like younger people on the course who see social media very differently as to how us and my generation see social media. So when I first started teaching, I've been teaching for 28 years in communities and around the place, like fitness and Back in the day, I used to have to go and stick a sign on a church door or in a community centre and just say, you know, aerobics class starting on a Thursday night, six o'clock. And I had no idea who was going to turn up. I used to have to go and put letters through people's doors, you know, the the old fashioned way. When social media came around, I thought, fuck, this is brilliant. How many people can I reach by just sitting at home? typing something onto Facebook and like and then I then you got like have an idea who's going to turn up and I thought it was amazing I still do I still think social media is amazing for that to reach people you can reach people from all over the world you can it's it's totally transformed business whereas I think people who've grown up with it think of it as like uh, they feel quite vulnerable posting on there yeah you know it's it's they see it differently to how my generation see it and Warren was talking about using the technology like our technology uses you and um it's it is it's about using the technology that we've got in a way that makes you that's good for your business without getting consumed by it yeah and you can definitely use it for yourself for instance like the the big 
one, one of the biggest negative points you would say, which gets thrown around about social media is just the time spent on there, just scrolling, looking yeah. at other people. But if you strict with yourself and you have discipline, and like, for instance, if you run a business and you say, right, I'm just going to open Facebook, I'm going to post my uh, topic and then mm. I'm going to close Facebook. So you've used it for absolute benefit. Yeah. Like it's just not falling into the trap, but we obviously did an episode about the social dilemma and you realize it can be tricky, especially for kids if they know nothing else. It's, yeah, exactly. it's very much designed to hold your attention. And the, 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 the saying that stuck with me from that is, if you don't pay for it, you're the, was it, if you don't pay for the product, you're the one you being are sold. The product. You are the product. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's advertising. You're being on there and they're tracking your data and then selling things to you subconsciously. So yeah it definitely comes oh, with a it's big very clever dose of discipline because it's there's some very intelligent people out there <laughs> trying to keep your attention and it's and it's a battle all these platforms are fighting with each other so the race for your attention and the money and the the psychology behind it is evolving all the time because it's it's such big business isn't it oh absolutely yeah be very careful with it but if you know how to use it then you know you've got it you've got to the reach on it is unreal yeah so the i've got two like these are bits of advice I've I've been given. I just come across them recently and I wrote them down because they actually they play into what we'll be speaking about. Mm-hmm. So speaking about sales and stuff and attention, I thought this was good. It was the best sales technique ever invented was having a great product. And that's so true. <laughs> Something like Facebook or Instagram, they haven't been gigantic billion dollar industries by accident. They're really good products. Like for you, spreading your business instead of putting posters on the door, Facebook is an absolute world changer, isn't it? Oh, like it's a, it's a good yeah. product. that is the best sales technique ever is to actually have a great product you have to oh, put yeah. yourself out there but if your product shit doesn't matter if it's in a good location <laughs> yeah yeah you, you see it all the time don't you with marketers i was watching this um thing on netflix about the fire festival have you heard of that f-y-r-e and they it was like this festival is going to be amazing it was going to be on a caribbean island and basically they didn't have an island it was a good idea it just never got off the ground it was a good idea and they had the marketing was amazing they flew all these top models out they got them all to instagram say fire festival come in and um they had amazing it was amazing but they didn't actually have a product behind it so it was like um yeah so so that was an example of how facebook and instagram and all the social medias have been used to you know influencers and all of that kind of stuff have come along and and that changed the law actually around influencers they had to put on that this is an advertisement now and they were being Ah, paid so um so now it it looked organic didn't it it looked like they just happened to be going to this festival all these top models were going to be there and really it was like all hurricane tents from (laughs) That was the accommodation. One of Pablo Escobar's islands that I used to make drugs or something, yeah. And they weren't meant to say that in their marketing strategy. It was the first line of the the video. (laughs) So they got sued. And then they got told they couldn't use that island. And then they found this other place. And they were were using this luxury accommodation turned out to be old hurricane tents from when the last time a hurricane hit. And they had no access. And everyone turned up, didn't they? And they couldn't leave? Yeah. Uh, it was uh, it's so, really interesting to watch actually if people are listening it's called the fire festival yeah so you get these people like so that guy who organized it all he found who he was really good at he just did it the wrong way like he yeah. was he was obviously very very good at sales and marketing oh he was apparently yeah he was he was but really good salesman yeah marketing. but he's um what's what, what what would you call like he's like logistical side of it was horrendous <laughs> so yeah like, and he got loads of investors like 
yeah. top-notch investors invested millions in it and he just spent it all on like marketing yeah yeah <laughs> so he's behind it that's where like he if he just stuck to his strengths and hired someone else as another part of it that would have been there was no reason why that should have failed really because yeah he'd done most of the work but the yeah. actual nuts and bolts of actually running the actual having any bands come play a yeah, stage yeah. like you had the lighting crew and you know like these crews that travel like the world the top lighting crews and they were like we didn't have any electricity coming in. I hadn't <laughs> thought about the yeah. stuff that you actually need to run a festival. They were like, there was no stage. They didn't have like, you know, it's just crazy. And the lighting guys and stuff, they say like, you know, we are legitimate lighting crews. And um, we got taken up, we got taken in. Like we said, we lost oh, so much them money the dream, yeah. because um, yeah, they, they thought that it was all real. And yeah, anyway. so the best sales technique ever invented is actually having a great product. So <laughs> yeah. don't like you can't just sell the dream; you have to provide the dream as well. It's a balance, isn't it? It's yin and yang. Yeah. So my last, be able last to sell. And yeah, the last thing I've got written down here is again a part like it's very similar to what I just said. Like, I have a great product, but mm-hmm. also another great sales technique, or probably even better than having a great product, is having a starving market, which is I thought was really true as well. And the guy who I listened to his example was, you might have a hot dog stand. And you might sell the shittest hot dogs in the world and you might charge 10 pounds for them. If you put that outside Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, no one's going to buy them. Mm. But if you put it outside of a football stadium at five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, <laughs> then you're going to make a fortune. It doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. if you're 10 pounds and they taste like dog shit. <laughs> yeah. You've true. got a start, you've got a starving market. So that's true. also interesting as well, isn't it? I've got a good one for that. Is like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. That's yeah. the, the phrase, isn't it? Mm. But the marketing phrase is that you can make the horse really thirsty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That <laughs> so really that's true. like you starving market. Have a starving theory. market, yeah. Yeah, you can have a really thirsty horse. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, maybe like if you're in like a, an industry, think of the pain points, what, yeah. what is out there. Because most businesses have already been created, but there's always like innovation what you can make what can make something easier i think we did a an episode about invent if you could invent things like what would you invent oh, yeah mine was like some weird shit yours was, <laughs> yours was like a hybrid spider dolphin thing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yours was like really really good and mine my, was like yeah my, in, <laughs> my invention was um <laughs> if you could just have a like a filter which like you know when you unsubscribe <laughs> boring. yeah you know but yeah but <laughs> You know, if you could unsubscribe, like I have, like I'm on part of all these email lists where you get spam email and you have to unsubscribe from everyone individually. Yeah, yeah. Yours just like an, like an app <laughs> that would just unsubscribe you for everything. I'm sure there is an app that unsubscribes you from everything. Uh, maybe there is so an app. They must have listened to our podcast and then invented that technology. Yeah, well, nobody's invented my invention, which was a hybrid spider web. <laughs> hybrid fucking spider web that grows new arms when you get them amputated or something. <laughs> <laughs> Cause new skin. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think mine's much better. Anyway, <laughs> definitely <laughs> a niche, a niche market. I would say. <laughs> I reckon it would go global, though. Would be <laughs> the thing, right? I've got two more. Right. Okay. Go on. This was one from uh, one of my Pilates teachers back in the day when I first learned. Less is more, and I always think that is such a good theory like when you're in retreats when you're doing classes like I've got a new class coming up you know and you're saying like you're always reinventing yourself like um because we're coming out of all of these lockdowns and stuff now um I'm getting asked a lot more for beginners classes and gentle classes and stuff Mm. so I've invented a new a new class it's just Pilates but slower (laughs) and you could do Pilates but faster Pilates just in general you know so 
yeah but I was thinking what do I do in this class and then I was thinking less is more it's don't have to plan like loads of things it's just get the basics down and do them really well the people who are attending your those beginners classes at the end of the class they're not going to go oh, I'm really disappointed we didn't do those other 17 <laughs> moves like they don't know any different they've, they've yeah, had exactly. a really good class so that's uh, all in your head isn't it less is more definitely and learn movement I teach I've decided that rather than teaching exercises I teach movement now mm. much how to move much better than um doing a, an exercise and doing it right it's like last night I was teaching an exercise and I, I kind of combined two of the moves together and it was like moving in and out of the things and you notice how people move in and out of things so they could probably do a bicep curl all right but kind of do a bicep curl to a chest push you know that kind of thing yeah. or outwards or shoulder lift and it's the movement between the two things. Like, yeah, you could do a shoulder lift really well, or you can do a bicep curl really well, but can you move between the two of them? And yeah, it's interesting. I think that's why things like um, Tai Chi and martial arts have stood yeah. the test of time because it's yeah. constant movement of strength, flexibility, agility, balance. It's, it's you never, slow, you never stop. It? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the flow between the two. So yeah. And my last one, which I think we've already touched on was embrace the craziness. We're all crazy. We've all got a lunatic in charge of the asylum up in our heads, but some of us can, you know, and just let it out. Like that's what I've been working on the last particularly year in my business, because I've always been a bit of a, you, you know, I've always been a bit of a spiritual freak, but I was always more physical in my, now I'm starting to reflect more the spiritual aspect. And I think in terms of speaking globally, the lunatics were already in charge, aren't they? <laughs> let the lunatics yeah. out. So that's all. Let's everyone just be lunatics. Yeah. We've all got a lunatic. What was it saying that Jamie Cattle said? I loved it. We've all got a lunatic in charge of the, um, oh, I can't remember, the monastery or something, he said. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the like monastery's the, was, there. Was that saying like the, the lunatics have taken over the asylum? That's... Yeah. I think they have in the world right now, yeah. Mm, yeah, but just going back to your previous point, sorry, when you said yeah. it's the... Less is more. I really like that. Bruce Lee has quite a few famous yeah, sayings. Does, the, the one that I always say is it's not the, I don't fear the man who's done a thousand kicks one time. I fear the man who's done one kick a thousand times. A thousand times so again, yeah. that's kind of less is more. But he also said when you reach a certain, I don't I can't remember how he expressed it, but it was when you reach a certain level of mastery, it's not about the gaining. It's about the stripping away the stuff that's not important. Yeah. And that's the sign of real mastery. You get to a point where you learn all this stuff and then you read then a certain level of mastery is you realize what you don't need to know anymore. And I thought that was really clever. It's the yeah. And it's like being able to teach something. I've got something that I've took eight years learning about like the hormonal system and through menopause and stuff you learn all this stuff at a cellular level, what's happening. But we've always said we are like, what I like to quote you, we are complicated, but the answers aren't complex. So the other way around, we get it wrong every week. I know I get it wrong all the time, but <laughs> we anyway, are complex, but not complicated. That's the word. And so we the most com the complex systems in your body at a cellular level are working, but the answers are so not complicated. It's like yeah. drink more water, get some sleep, get outside all the stuff that we teach all the time, but they actually at a cellular level are doing some really good work. And 
it took me like eight years of training to with this hormone as these hormones go up, these go down, this goes this, this goes that, this goes that. And actually, all you need to do is drink more water. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that'll take care it. of itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and I've, and I've managed to condense all that down into one slide for my Pilates for menopause crew. And I was like, this has taken me eight years to be able to explain <laughs> yeah. this in one slide. And it's mm. like, yeah, that is the essence of what happens in menopause. It's just like one slide, and these are the things that you need to do. I think I think learning all those, all those things as well, like you say, taking eight years of knowledge and learning all that stuff. Like for one, it's because you're interested in it, and like, yeah. but number two, you think it's going to help, and it does. But three, it's like that imposter syndrome. You feel as though you have to know everything yeah. to teach it to someone else, so you feel like an imposter. If you don't do the next course, people won't believe you. Yeah. But really, then the more you realize, most people they don't want to know all the little tiny details. They just want to know what works. And if yeah, you can exactly. give them to that in a really simple format, like saying drink this water and go to sleep one time <laughs> this is what happened one slide yeah and it sounds really easy doesn't it but like paul check has said himself he charges like what 700 quid an hour and, and he said i've charged 700 quid an hour and all i've said to somebody is that they need to drink more water and that'll fix all of their problems yeah yeah he yeah. said i remember listening listen to when he said that he said i'm going to sit here and tell you to drink two liters of water a day and you're going to pay me 750 pounds an hour. And until you do that, we're not going to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally get that because there's times when I've had one, one client yeah. and I'm like, right, you need to drink more water next week. You need to drink more water next week. You need to drink more. And I'm like, you've really got to drink the water. Otherwise I'm not going to, do, I'm not telling you anything else. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you get down, go away, yeah. You can't do the rest. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's like the domino effect. Like, knock down the big skittles first and all the other little stuff will probably just go away itself yeah the big rocks get them in place get your big rocks in place and then you can move on from there but until you get those in place then nothing's gonna happen and we say this all the time like repetition 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 we probably say this every podcast but it's because it's true isn't it yeah <laughs> we never go- that's what i was saying to my pilates like menopause people i was saying you know like i'm not going to tell you anything different i'm not going to tell you there's a magic drink to drink it is the magic drink is water yeah. you know there's no magic food there's no magic anything it is just doing the work and doing it consistently yeah i remember watching one of paul's it was one of his his oldest works it's actually on youtube it's called the dirt facts it's about food and he gives like 10 bullet points on the opening slide for this speech and he says if you follow these things you'll have a healthy diet but now i'm going to spend the next two hours <laughs> telling, you what. telling you what to do but he says in essence yeah. if you take this one slide there's only about 50 words on there do this and you'll be healthy but now we have to spend the next two hours and probably the next <laughs> 50 years of my career telling people the ins and outs but it's true like if you can yeah. simplify stuff and a lot of it just com- comes down to action people to actually do it and try it and be consistent as Tony Robbins says, and I've started saying it all the time, you are your own guru. Like when people come to classes and stuff and they're going, I've got a bad this, I've got a bad that, I've got a bad that. I'm like, you are your guru. You need to look after yourself and make sure that you were doing the right movements for your body at this time. That's not to say that you'll never be able to do it, but right now, right in this place, you are your guru. You look after yourself. Yeah, and you can go to coaches and things, like obviously good, but... No coach is ever going to know you better than you. You might know exactly. Pilates or strength training or business or whatever you go to a coach for, but ultimately you spend 24-7 with yourself. So like honesty comes in a big way as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Yeah. Nobody knows you like you. So I think that's a good one to end on, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's my bit of advice. Nobody knows you like you. <laughs> Tread Mario. Yeah, right, guys. That was a good one, Dan. I think we spent about an hour on this one, you know. It's kind of similar to the quartz one. I like these ones. Yeah, well, we can just riff for hours, can't we, you know? Mm. Yeah. About all this malarkey. Yeah. But yeah, I thank you for listening. Listeners, you can find us on iTunes, Audible, Spotify. Where else? My my uh, website, organicpilates.co.uk. You can find Dan at his place of work. Which is going to be hopefully open for eternity now, because apparently yeah. coronavirus disappeared. Who knew? All it took was World gone. War Three <laughs> to kill coronavirus. <laughs> that too, yes. It's just gone yeah. now. Yeah, What's... yeah, we're all good. Coronavirus, what? All of a sudden, Monday morning rolls around. That's gone. It's <laughs> <laughs> gone now. Right. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so please, if you enjoy listening to our podcast, we love hearing from you. And um, yeah, we'll be back again next next Monday with more joy. Yeah, remember to like, subscribe, leave comments, give us some more topics because, like I said, we can talk about these things forever. We'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.